your Christmas day was sort of like mine. There, was, there were moments of quiet and calm and, and moments of a two-year-old throwing trail mix in the living room. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe yours, maybe yours was like mine. Honestly, the things we've been talking about at Advent kind of came home for me yesterday on Christmas Day. See, we talked about Advent being a celebration of the past. Some of you might saw my, my, little, my little post yesterday morning, but I, I have this, this tradition that actually began with my father-in-law that I've been doing with my family for 36 years, I guess now. Uh, I get up and I put a fire in the fireplace. Yes, I know it wasn't cold. It doesn't matter at my house. You know, I have turned the air conditioning on on December 25th and built a fire. It has happened. Uh, make sausage cheese balls, and I don't want to brag, but they're the best that's ever been made ever in the history of Earth. Um, uh, and, and just kind of get everything ready, make the coffee, make the hot chocolate. And I have this moment where I sit down and I just kind of reflect. Because how many know once Christmas Day gets going, it's kind of hectic, right? I just take that moment to sit down, and I'm going to tell you what just kind of just poured over me was just this amazing sense of awe and gratitude for, for my wife, for my incredible children, my beautiful daughters-in-law, my grandchildren, my grandchild, children prophetic, speak it into existence. For, listen, for you, for you. I, I began to be so thankful for our church and, and for the connection that we all have. And, and then I had this incredible just moment of clarity when I realized that the only reason any of that's possible was because I made a choice at 14 to, to follow Jesus. And then it was a celebration of the past, but it was comfort in, in the present. It was so, it's so fun just to celebrate with your, the, your family, the people that you're close to. It's just fun. It's just fun. But we also get a moment to, to stop at the end of the year and look at what's, what's coming. And can I tell you that I am anticipating what is coming. Not just for what God has prepared for us here, but in our eternity. So, we've been talking about peace. We've been talking about hope and love and joy, and today we talk about peace. And I want to read to you one of my favorite Christmas verses. We, we did an entire Advent series on this, on this passage a couple of years ago. It's... Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And what we'll talk about today is the Prince of Peace. Today, when I ask the question, do you see what I see? I want you to know that I see peace. Lord, Thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Thank you that we can celebrate the day that you came. But God, thank you that you are here. You are Emmanuel, God with us. 
And I sense your presence in this place today. So would you do what only you can do by the power of your Holy Spirit and speak peace into lives today? Got to have this uncomfortable awareness that there are those in this room, there are those that might be watching online, and there's and peace is fleeting today. In the middle of a celebration of this Christmas season, peace seems distant. So God, I pray that the Prince of Peace would speak peace into hearts and lives today. If you would agree with that prayer, would you say amen? Amen. So let's talk about peace. Look at this symbol on the screen. Um, now, many of you are too young to remember this flying around everywhere. <clears throat> um, what's, what's true about this is, is this symbol didn't really begin in a time of peace. It, it began in the 50s during the height of the Cold War. It was, honestly, it, it, what it... It's it's really, uh, it's really two symbols. You know the 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 flag symbols. It, it's really two of those. It's it's an N. Arms down, and it's a D. And what it stands for is nuclear disarmament. And that became a symbol during the fifties, and it really became a symbol during once once it got. To America, it started in overseas in Britain. Once it got to America during the Vietnam War, it, it was really just a protest symbol against the Vietnam War. So it really wasn't a peace symbol at all. A, a lot of violence happened under that sign. And then maybe the other most popular peace symbol, which it, I, I don't know if anybody ever uses it, was this. Remember this? Peace. Peace. Now it's like, I don't, what does it mean now? Yeah, right? Well, I guess. It, it really was, it, it, it didn't mean peace at all. It meant victory. It was the, uh, Winston Churchill started in World War II. It's victory. We won the war. It didn't mean peace at all. And then it became a protest um, symbol about being involved in war. And, and so oftentimes when we use the word peace or we have a peace symbol it's this idea of uh, removing conflict or the absence of conflict. And I'm going to tell you that's not the kind of peace that we're going to talk about today. Um, how many of you would say that you've been an entire year without any conflict at all? It, anybody have an entire year, 2021, no conflict, complete tranquility, Complete peace the entire year. Raise your hand. Yeah, me either. How many of you have ever gone a month? A week. No conflict. I, I'm, this is what I'm seeing now. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, that's not the kind of peace we're talking about. In fact, um, the, the word, when we see the word peace, here's, 
Here's what we look at, and you, you can write this down if you're taking notes. It means freedom from disturbance. It means quiet and tranquility. And I'm going to tell you that that's not the world that Jesus walked into. And that's not our world, by the way. I, I want you to just imagine, if we were to go back 3,400 years, okay, three thousand of the last three. 1,400 years, guess how many of those years the world has been at peace? 268 years out of the last 3,400, the world's been at peace. So guess what? The idea of tranquility and world peace is fleeting. But I'm going to tell you that that's not the kind of peace that Jesus is offering. <laughs> I love the, the Hebrew word for peace. And when I got a chance to go to Israel uh, a year and a half ago, uh, no, it's almost two years ago. It'd be two years next month. The greeting, like if you're in M Monroe and you're greeting somebody, is what's up, right? <laughs> hey, how's your mama now? You know? In Israel, it's shalom. And, and it's the Hebrew word that we would translate as peace. And it means something so much deeper than just calm, sitting by the lake, afternoon in the mountains, quiet drive with the radio off, peace. It means to be complete. It means to be whole. What Jesus came to bring you wasn't quiet, it was completeness. He came to put you together. He came to fill in the missing pieces. The peace that he offers you is that peace that's missing from your life. It's wholeness, completeness, harmony, not just where everybody gets along. Harmony like a chord on a piano where it just works and it, it, it blends. That's the kind of life that God is offering you. So let's read that passage again. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Prince, uh, look at that word with me. That's that word in in the in the original language is not a royalty word. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus is the King of Kings, and He's the Lord of Lords, and He's more royal than any royalty's ever been. All right, that word is not royalty. That word is military. That word translates better as captain or commander. So. If, if we put those two words, that it's, it's sar, S-A-R. That's the Hebrew word for prince. Sar shalom. It would be the captain of completeness. Be the general of wholeness, the commander of contentment. See, it, it's so much more than just a calm, tranquil afternoon. Write this down. Jesus 
is not a peace symbol. He doesn't represent peace. Jesus is not uh, some symbolic representation of world peace. Jesus doesn't represent peace. Jesus is peace. He is completeness. He is wholeness. He is what's missing. Every, every Christmas morning, I read the Christmas story to our family. And this, you know, it started 30-something years ago. It was just me and Donna. And we have now come full circle. It's just me and Donna. And we sat down and we read the, I read the Christmas story. And, and, and I love this part. This Luke 2 is 13 and 14. I'm going to read it to you. <clears throat> Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Now listen, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I, I, I'm going to read that last phrase from another translation. The New Living Translation reads it like this. Peace with whom God is pleased. Now let, let's unpack that a little bit. The Bible says that there is one way to please God. Or there's a big way to displease God. In fact, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. How you please God is not by, you know, getting your Sunday school on. That He likes you to get your Sunday school on, right? How you please God is to have faith in Him. Okay, so if He's brought peace to those whom God is pleased with, and the way to please God is to have faith and trust and hope in him, then he brings peace to those who have placed their faith and hope and trust in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to tell you that without that faith, without that trust, peace is fleeting. I'm going to say it like this. It's impossible to be complete and whole without faith and trust in Christ Jesus in the Christmas child. You can write it down like this. I, I gave it to you in your bulletin, I think. Peace will come to all those who will experience God's favor. And there's only one way to experience God's favor, by placing their faith and trust in the Christmas child. See, it, it sounds beautiful when we have Christmas movies that paint this picture that because there's a baby in a manger, there'll never be conflict in the world again. But that's not what it is. That's not, how, that's not how it works. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. What Christ came to do was to bring completeness to those who were incomplete, and that's me and you. And there's only one way we find that completeness. There's only one way we find that wholeness and contentment. There's only one way we find that peace is when we place our faith and hope and trust in the person of Jesus Christ, the greatest symbol of 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 peace this world has ever known was not a peace symbol. It was not a manger scene. It was a bloody cross. Period. So I'm going to talk to you about, about three ways, three avenues of peace, or, or three ways we should have peace in our own life. And first of all, I want you to, to know that we should have peace with God. There's, uh, there's an old, old bumper sticker. It's been around forever. 
Um, and it, sometimes it shows up on cheesy church signs. That was N-O God, N-O peace. K-N-O God, K-N-O peace, right? No God, no peace, no God, no peace. And, and, and while it may be a cheesy little saying, it just happens to be true. Our first and greatest need for peace is not global peace. It's not military peace. It's not peace in our government. It's not peace in our nation. It's not peace in our cities. It's not even peace in our families. Our first and greatest need for peace is to be at peace with God. And the problem is our sin naturally alienates us from peace with God. From the time sin entered the world in the Garden of Eden, humankind has been at odds with God. And we don't like thinking that. But it just happens to be in your Bible that there's, the New Testament says there was enmity between God and man. In fact, there's no conflict this world has ever seen as great as the conflict between God and man because of our sin. It separated us. <laughs> Do you, maybe you remember how that felt the first time you said, God, forgive me my sin, wash my sin, cleanse me from my sin. That's peace. To know that your heavenly father has forgiven you, washed you, cleansed you. And that barrier that was between you and him was forever gone. That's peace. The New Testament says it like this in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. Here we go. Listen, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Therefore, we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have been justified through faith. What did I tell you to always ask when you see that word? Therefore is, what's it there for? See, if you back up one verse from there, it's not on the screen. I'm going to read it to you. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, here's the therefore. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. That's the therefore, and that's good news. And that's why we have peace today. Not because you're good, and not because I'm good, but because God offered the life of his son to bridge the gap of conflict between us and him and to bring us at peace with God, period. That's good news, y'all. So we have peace with God. Secondly, we have peace within. And maybe, maybe what you're, you're thinking and what might seem logical is, well, if, if I have peace with God, if my sins have been forgiven, won't I naturally have peace in my soul? And, and I'm going to tell you that I don't know that I've ever seen a time in my lifetime when people inside the body of Christ are not at peace in their own soul. I've, I've never seen anxiety and depression and worry and fear at a level that it's at today. And I'm going to tell you that, that, that while those are very real things, 
It's not God's plan for you. Would you agree with me if I were to say that sometimes this world can be anything but peaceful? Anybody wait till late in the week to do some Christmas shopping? I went to Trader Joe's on the Wednesday before Christmas. People fighting over cheese. You know, I, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's insane. And, 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 and that's a silly, trivial example. Sometimes this world offers us incredible reasons to not be at peace. Maybe there's been a time this past year when the conflicts of life, the frustration, the failure, broken relationships have seemed too hard to bear. I want you to, if, if that phrase just resonated with you, I want you to hear these words. Your heavenly father knows you well. And he sees the conflicts and he understands the frustrations and the pain that you're experiencing. And, and, and more than all that, he has a plan. One, one of my favorite passages in the, uh, in the whole New Testament is Philippians chapter 4. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, except for the really tough ones, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, here we go, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what happens? The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Peace is not some unnamed force, some undescribable emotion Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. And you can cast your cares on him because he cares for you. <laughs> Don't be anxious about anything. When you go home, I want you to read that passage of scripture, Philippians 4. 6 and 7, but I want you to start at verse 5. You know what it says, what the Bible says right before he says, don't be anxious about anything? There are four very powerful words, perhaps the most powerful words in the entire New Testament. Before he says, don't be anxious about anything, he said, the Lord is near. He's not a baby in a manger. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he offers to you and to me and to all those who will place faith, trust, and hope in the person of Christ Jesus, peace that transcends, that passes understanding. You can't comprehend it because it's supernatural. So listen to me. If, if, if that's you and you're in this room and, and the conflicts of life, the conflicts of your mind, the conflicts of this world, the conflicts of life have caused the, 
the enemy to rob you of your peace. Listen, there's a process that God has given you. Don't be anxious about anything. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes I read that passage and I went, right. Don't be anxious about anything. But see, he doesn't stop there. In every situation, by prayer and petition. Listen, can I, can I tell you how it works for Dwayne? When I get in those moments where I'm anxious and I'm worried and I'm fearful, I, I can have one of two responses. And, and let me just take a little, sometimes I choose incorrectly. Because one response says, well, I'm going to complain about this to everybody I can get in touch with. I'm going to whine and gripe and fuss and moan and worry and fret and stay awake. Or by prayer and petition, I can shut all of you people out. I can jump off of Facebook, which some of you need to do anyway. There's a whole other sermon there. And I can sit at his feet. Lean against him, feel his heartbeat, and experience his peace. You'll never know peace like you'll find in the presence of God. And there's one way. Just call his name. Can it be that simple? Yes, yeah, sure can. Sure can. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. By prayer and petition, present your request to God. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. I can't tell you that because I read it in the Bible. I can tell you that because I've experienced that in my own life. If you have, let me see your hands. See, that's a testimony to somebody. That's a testimony. The God that loved them loves you, and the God that guarded their hearts and minds will guard yours. If by prayer and petition, you'll run into the lap of Jesus. Oh, that sounds so simple. And I know the enemy will fight you and he'll struggle. And he'll, he'll put those things in your mind that'll keep you from the presence of God. But here's what you're going to do by prayer and petition. You're going to push through all those trappings of the evil one. And you're going to find your way into the presence of the Lord. And I promise you when you, you'll experience peace and he'll guard your heart and mind. So peace with God, peace within. And lastly, let's just... Let's just dream for a minute about peace to come. Because it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. I've heard people say if Jesus came to bring, to bring the whole world to peace, why is there still conflict? Jesus didn't bring peace to the world. He gave you and I the opportunity for peace. But listen and listen well. He's bringing peace to the world. Sooner than later. See, I believe with everything in me that, that, that we're stuck in the middle of two ages. The, the moment between when he came and when he's coming. And while I love my life, and I, I, and I know you do too, every so often I dream a little about what it's going to be like when, when the book of Revelation becomes real and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. 
and there'll be no more sorrow or death or suffering or pain because the former things are passed away. Here's what Jesus said in John 16, 33. I have told you these things. This is at the end of his life, by the way. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. You see, he's not telling you that you're never going to have conflict in this world because you will. Because you will. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. Why? I've overcome the world. And this world is not your home. So understand that Christ is greater than your chaos. Understand that our prince is greater than your pain. Understand that our redeemer is greater than your broken relationship. You can have peace with God. You can have peace within. But there's coming a day when there will be complete peace. And there will never be an opportunity for conflict again. So here's, here's how we're going to end this service. We're going to, and, and I, I know this was cheesy, but I did it. We're going to piece it together. First thing, write this down. Before you can have peace in your situation, you must have peace in your soul. How, how many know the rest of this is all going to burn? That, that mortgage that you're stressing about, that house is going to burn. That car that you're worried about how you're going to get paid for or how you're going to get fixed or how you're going to keep it insured, it's going to burn. And if it's, if it's a GMC, probably sooner than later. Y'all are not going to hear another word I say now, are you? <laughs> Before you can have peace in your situation, you've got to have peace in your soul. Why, why don't we spend all of our times worrying about temporary things? Why don't we spend all of our time and all of our effort and all of our, all of our frustration and all of our worry and all of our anxiety and all of our fear worrying about things that will not last forever? Before you worry about all that stuff, make things right in your soul. The second thing, practice peace. Be a peacemaker. In the Beatitudes, Jesus, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are called the children of God. How many know there's a difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker, right? Who's the peacekeeper in your house? Okay. Most homes have one. If not, then that would probably explain why the cops get called so frequently. <laughs> and, and listen, most of the time we, we, uh, we keep peace by sweeping things under a rug and, and avoiding conflict. And what I'm going to tell you is that what, what Christ called us to do was to be a peacemaker. And, and, and with his help and grace and mercy, listen, um, you, you got somebody in your life that just likes conflict, that's just going to stir up the soup just because they like to keep it stirred. Don't, don't be that guy. Seriously, don't be that guy or gal. Don't, don't be that person. 
be a person that brings when you walk into the room because not because you're good not because you got your act together but because the holy spirit of god resides in your life and it's a fruit of the spirit love joy peace and because that the spirit of god resides in you guess what when you walk into the room it if, if you're a, a person that practices peace and, and you're putting these and you're chasing Jesus and the spirit of God lives in you, the peace level ought to go up when you walk in the room. Because some people walk in a room and the conflict level walks up. Right. So don't be that guy. And finally, listen, if you want to find peace, pursue his presence. Right. And here's, here's what we do. We want to find peace by fixing the stuff. We want to find peace by fixing our family and fixing our relationships and fixing our job and fixing all of those things. And listen, I get it. Those things all require work, but that's not how you're going to find peace. You're not going to find peace by fixing the stuff. You're going to find peace by finding time. Donna said it so well today. You're going to have peace in your soul when you make an effort and become intentional about spending time in the presence of God, corporately and, and privately. Hey, Donna, why don't you come? Let's, let's sing that chorus just a time or two as a way to, to end our service today. <clears throat> and... Um, Here's what I want you to do. If, if you're here, listen. And maybe peace seems fleeting today. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to pray. I want you to cast those cares on the Lord. I, I want you to do what Philippians 4 said. Not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition. Maybe there's, some, there's something that you need to talk to the Lord about that's robbing you of your peace. I think today will be a great time to do just that. So listen, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you a few minutes. Hey, if, if you want to pray around these altars, that's, that's beautiful. You, you're welcome to. You don't have to. You can pray right where you're at, right in your seat. They're going to sing this chorus a time or two. This is one of those times when I don't, I don't want you to sing along. I want you to take couple moments at this last Sunday of the year just talk to the Lord whatever that thing is that's robbing you of peace maybe it's a relationship maybe it's financial I don't know maybe it's maybe it's emotional I don't know but that thing and, and when I say the word thing you know what that thing is I may not know what it is, but you know what it is. I'm just going to ask you to talk to the Lord about it. You don't have to complain about it. You don't have to post on Facebook about it. Just talk to the Lord. Just cast those cares on Jesus. Present your request to God. And here's what I believe will happen. I believe the Bible will be true to you. And the peace of God passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds. So while Donna leads, while this team leads this course just a couple of times, why don't you take some time, pursue his presence, and talk to the Lord.
Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, Jesus, our commander of completeness. God, I pray for those that are in need of peace this morning. Those in this room, those watching online that would say, I'm not at peace. Maybe they're not at peace with you. God, I pray that if they're not at peace with you, that right now they would surrender their heart, their life. Make you Lord of their life. Maybe they don't have peace within. Maybe the enemy has toyed with their mind in such a way that he's robbed them of the peace that you're offering. God, I pray for them now that the peace of God that passes understanding would indeed guard their heart and mind. Not because we have our act together, because the general of wholeness lives in our soul. And he has a purpose and a plan. He's promised us to give us a hope and a future. And He's promised that Every weapon formed against us wouldn't prosper. He's promised us that we'd be the head and not the tail. That we'd be above only and never beneath. So God, whatever missing piece, just fill that void in someone's heart and life and give them peace with you. And God, today, we look forward to that moment when you will wipe every tear from our eye. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just as a testimony, I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to sing this like a person who's been, the peace of God is guarding your heart and mind. I want you to sing this like a person that's at peace with God and peace within. I want you to sing this from the depths of your soul as a prayer to the Lord and in worship. I want to sit at your feet. Come on, sing with all that you have.
I want to read this passage of Scripture to you as a blessing. So if, if you want to receive this, I just want you to, to stretch your hands toward heaven. Hey, this is for you today. Listen. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with all of you. If you receive that, I want you to offer him an ovation of praise because he's good. Amen. 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 God bless you. Go in peace. Have a happy, happy, happy new year.